Today in Canadian history for March 25th, I'm Mark Affeld. Mark, stop recording. I have a very important message from the internet. Uh, hi, Reed. That's, uh, that's Reed Blakely. Actually, Reed is the, uh, the artist behind all those amazing illustrations you can see at uh, todayincanadianhistory.ca. Thank you for those, Reed. No problem. Uh, anyway, what is this you're saying about the internet? Uh, it seems like one of your listeners has left a comment on the website. Uh, he says that some of the information given in your episode on the Aroostook War from February 8th is inaccurate. What? Let me see here. Hmm. Well, he does seem pretty knowledgeable. Hmm. So apparently the border dispute was started by the poorly worded Treaty of Paris of 1783. The controversy over the land continued until the line of the border was settled by the Webster-Ashburton Treaty of 1842. The actual Aroostook War only lasted from February until March of 1839. Okay, well I, I can admit when I'm wrong. It seems like I made it sound as if New Brunswick and Maine got into a bit of a shoving match which triggered the so-called Aroostook War. When in fact, the tussle happened between lumbermen from both sides of the border and militias from Maine and New Brunswick stepped in to prevent things from escalating further. Reed, can you do me a favor? Can you get me more information on this commenter? His name is Gary Campbell, and he's written a book called The Road to Canada, The Grand Communications Route from St. John to Quebec, which, among other things, covers the Aroostook War. That was amazingly quick. Thank you so much for that, Reed. Oh, what's that? You have his phone number as well. Man, you're good. Well, I'm in luck. Because it just so happens that back on this very day in 1839, an agreement was signed that ended the Aroostook crisis and caused troops from both sides of the border to begin to disperse. So let me get this Gary Campbell on the phone. Good afternoon. Hi, is this Gary? Yes. This is Mark calling. How are you doing? Hi, fine, Mark. How are you? I'm doing fine. I love pre-produced radio. Uh, Gary, I was wondering if, for our listeners, you, you could explain a little bit about this poorly worded Treaty of Paris of 1783. Well, what happened is, when they wrote the, the Treaty of Paris in 1783 that ended the American Revolution, uh, the British representatives were very anxious to bring the war to an end. And they gave a, a lot of concessions that perhaps um, they shouldn't have given. Uh, let's just say the Americans had their A-team negotiating, and the British did not have their A-team. Uh, the American claim was the line would extend right up to the height of ground overlooking the St. Lawrence River. Uh, the British weren't very keen on this for a couple of reasons, first of which is it would put the Americans overlooking the uh, strategic communications route of the St. Lawrence River. And the other thing is there was a land communications route that went up the St. John River and through that area that was very important, at least six months of the year when you couldn't get access to Quebec City by ocean because of ice. So the American claim was upheld. Two strategic lines of communication into British North America would be severed. So the British counterclaim was the highlands were really at the watershed of the Aroostook River, which is much farther south, just slightly above uh, where Holton, Maine is. So the area in between, about some 12,000 square miles, became known as the disputed territory. And that this was the whole area that was at, at issue. Uh, magnificent stands of valuable white pine timber throughout it, although the best stands seemed to be along the Aroostook River. And the best agricultural land was in along the Aroostook River. So, so in 
maybe terms people can better understand, we're looking at the area which is the northern part of Maine, which is Aristic County, uh, Madawaska County, New Brunswick, just across the river, and part of uh, Quebec along uh, through the Cabana almost up to Riviera de Loup. And this line of communications I mentioned is, in fact, pretty much the, uh, the course of the Trans-Canada Highway through New Brunswick and Quebec today. So in our first Aroostook War episode, um, I sort of made it sound like it was the British and American governments posturing against each other, when in reality, was it a little bit more a case of, of the citizens from each country in a tussle and the government swooping in to protect them? Well, the, basically, you had the United States and Great Britain trying to find where the, the boundary actually was on the ground. And they had a number of boundary commissions, uh, joint boundary commissions that got nowhere because they were deadlocked over the definition of where the highlands were. Uh, and the, the whole process went along fairly slowly up until about 1820, when Maine became a separate state and was separated from Massachusetts. And the politicians of Maine were very keen to extend nor Maine's northern boundary to include all of the disputed territory. That was their inheritance from Massachusetts, and they wanted it. Uh, a number of reasons for that. You know, certainly they wanted access to the timber and the agricultural land, but also it was sort of maybe a, a case of state pride. Uh, the Treaty of Paris said, this is ours, we want it, and they, they sort of adopted the attitude that they were fighting against Great Britain that wasn't being cooperative, and they also thought that the support for their cause from by the American government was perhaps, you know, a little bit on the lukewarm side. And in defense of Great Britain and the United States, they had been working through diplomatic channels to resolve the problem. And uh, Maine was still quite keen to have all the disputed territory. And as the, um, the decade wound on, the United States and Great Britain tried again to resolve the issue. So instead of having joint boundary commissions, you had a British boundary uh, survey that found in favor of the British cause and an American one that found in favor of the American claim. So things were going nowhere, and they were starting to be talk about, well, let's have a compromise boundary, much like the one the King of the Netherlands had suggested back in 1831. So that's sort of the, where we were in uh, January of 1839 when the Aristic War started. Now, I've made light of the fact that uh, sort of not many people have heard of the Aroostook War, but it, but it was a pretty significant uh, conflict, was it not? Yeah, it was a very significant crisis because, as we mentioned, it almost led to a war. Uh, it was certainly the, the topic of a lot of high-level discussions in both Washington and London. Uh, but what it did is, I, I think it convinced both Great Britain and the United States that they had to resolve this boundary issue. It had been dragging on for about 56 years. It wasn't being resolved. Uh, the latest crisis had almost led to a war. It was time to sort it out. So in 1842, uh, Lord Ashburton came to uh, Washington and uh, met with Mr. Webster, who was the American Secretary of State, and they sat down during a hot, sweltery Washington summer and hammered out the, uh, the treaty. And basically the treaty recognized the truth on the ground, that the disputed territory had been partitioned, and they established the boundary line pretty much along the lines that the King of the Netherlands had, had suggested back in 1831. And, of course, there were a couple of other issues that were resolved at the same time, some other border issues farther west. And uh, 
cooperation between the Royal Navy and the United States Navy and the suppression of uh, slavery and things like that. But it, it was, to my way of thinking, the turning point in the whole main New Brunswick border controversy that lasted for 60 years. It actually forced both sides to say it is time to resolve this. They just can't continue to drag on anymore. Today is a day full of Canadian history. On March 25, 1893, a Toronto cab driver was fined $2 or 10 days in jail for driving a lady on Sunday. Canada's Avro Aero, a supersonic jet, took its first flight on this day back in 1958. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher, and May Trio. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. And now it's time for a piece of random Canadiana trivia. Did you know that our country's tallest tree, the Carmana Giant, a Sitka spruce located on Vancouver Island, is over 300 feet tall? <laughs>